Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of Northstar Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent, overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Greg Pickett. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. As always, I'm Craig Pickett. Hey, today I've got Bob Sullivan with me. Bob is the Chief Admin Officer for One Sky Aviation. Uh, for those of you who don't know, One Sky is the parent company of some well-known brands in the business aviation space to include, include uh, Flight Options, FlexJet, SkyJet, Sentient Jet, and a couple more. So uh, thanks, Bob, for being here. Uh, thanks, Craig. Happy 2019. So yeah, happy uh, 2019 to you as well. So uh, for everybody out there um, on, the, on the line is Bob Sullivan, Chief Administration, Administrative Officer. One Sky Aviation, which is the parent company of FlexJet, Sentient Jet, Private Fly. Uh, what else we got in there, Bob? There's a whole host of companies. I have a hard time remembering them all. Yeah, yeah, we've been on a we've been on a good hunt for a while. So, um, 2018 was quite the year for us, both organically and through acquisition. Um, we had a number of changes, but the acquisitions were. Um, Private Fly joined the family, a UK uh, charter operator and uh, aircraft management company, real good. Serio uh, joined in 2017, I think we mentioned that last time, which is an aircraft management company out of Italy. Um, we also had Simcom join our family out of Florida late 2018 um, from a business standpoint. And then, um, you know, obviously our growth as a whole internally has been has been pretty tremendous. We had some monumental changes with our pilots in 2018, which I'd be happy to share with you a little bit of detail. And then um, our outlook is is even better. I don't know if you saw the Business Jet Traveler article uh, just this week on Arion and our partnership with them is it's moving along pretty rapidly. So supersonic jets, we think, are, are going to play a, a big piece of our future down the road. Um, we think there's a real market for it. So we're excited about um, all the things that have been going on. Gotcha. Did you guys see the, uh, you know, we're going to go into Arian real quick before I think, forget about it. Did you see the Boeing um, part take, I mean, did you guys have kind of a heads up on that as being a major partner in the program? Did you uh, have a uh, heads up that Boeing was going to come in as, you know, Lockheed transitioned out. I take it there was some, uh, you know, obviously Boeing, Boeing get involved has got to be a, an incredibly positive thing. But did that take you? Sure. Well, did, you see it? did you see it coming? Well, look, I, I, I think you have to understand that when the, when the space gets as high as it does and the opportunity gets closer and closer, anybody that's a real partner with them are involved in, you know, kind of the decision making. So I'd say yes, that Ken was well aware of it ahead of time. I know he's excited about the product. He's excited about their momentum and anything that gets them, you know, off the ground sooner rather than later. And Boeing's an ideal partner for that. So yeah, yes, it was a it was a good move for them. It's a good move for us as well. That's cool. No, that's good. I, it, I'm ex it was it's um it's neat to see it all coming coming together. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. it'll be neat to see a supersonic business jet in the next five, six years, um, for sure. So, hey, so, all right. Yeah, you know that, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, that's really a niche market. I mean, if you if you think about our business, the core business of Fractional within FlexJet or, you know, some of our sister companies, Sentient or SkyJet or even Private Fly or FlareJet, you know, Supersonic would play a piece of it, but we, we put a lot of capital and uh, a lot of resources behind our large cabin aircraft, whether it be the 650s or the partnerships with Gulfstream at the 450 level, eventually the 500 coming online. And we've seen a lot of progress as it relates to sales and interest from that standpoint. So we're not, you know, moving all of our eggs into the area on business. It'd be a nice to have, but it is absolutely a niche market. We'll have to see if the proof is in the pudding down there. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, let's talk about the niche market too. Back in the mid nineties okay. when the Gulfstream five and the global express were, you know, on the development side of the house, mm -hmm. You know, yep. people wondered if each company could sell a hundred each. You know, I think the airplanes were 50 million bucks a pop. And they're like, okay, can, can we sell a hundred of these at 50 million? What's the market? You know, here we are 25 years later, almost. Right. And thousands of those things have been sold. I mean, uh, you know, the, sure. the Stream 5, 550, the Global Express, they've been two of the, the ultra long range, large cabin airplanes have been, some of the, it's been the most successful segment out there next to, you know, the, uh, the super mid cabin. So, right. Um, right. you know, who knows, you know, this, uh, the SSBJ may become more than a uh, niche depending on where it all ends up. So time will tell, right? Sure. Sure. Yep. Hey, so let's go, let's go back to our last conversation. Talk about uh, last okay. time we chatted FlexJet and flight options pilots had decertified the union. How's all that? That's correct. How's all that coming together, and how's that affected the company so far? Well, look, I think anytime, anytime you have a monumental change like that within an organization, it really gives you an opportunity to be thankful for the culture of the people that you have. And you know, we've got six, seven hundred pilots that made the decision to get a direct relationship with the company as opposed to going through a third party. It was unprecedented in the industry, obviously. It's, it's changed the dynamics of our workforce considerably, but we haven't taken it for granted in any way, shape, or form. One might even argue, especially those on the inside, that it's been a lot more work than what we had before. Our relationship with our pilots is something that's ever-evolving. We spent a significant amount of time in the first three or four months just listening. What are the pain points out there for the pilots? Not just around pay, but around quality of life, the opportunities for growth and advancement. I mean, our pilots really want to be part of something special and something different. And that's what we're building here. We introduced a pay program at the end of 2018, so began in 2019, which was about a $17 million increase in our normal pay for um, about 600 pilots. We increased the growth opportunities. We made some commitments to new hires because we recognized that to be the best of the best, you have to get the best of the best. And certainly we had a chance to put ourselves at the top of the market. We haven't stopped in any way, shape, or form. We just addressed the initial pain points with our pilots. We're also going through some really neat things that no organization has done before. In fact, we're presently in the process of pilots are voting on a seniority system to integrate the two companies. If you want to step back in time, 
and the pilots between flight options and flight stops were never officially integrated. I don't want to go into the um, negatives on why the seniority system that the union had presented was unfair, but we looked at it based on the feedback that we got from our pilots, and we had them come up with options. We spent a couple months in committee. We had 37 dedicated pilots prepare different proposals. And right now our pilots are voting on the top three. They're gonna narrow those down to a runoff and then we'll have the top choice. And our goal is to have that in place by the beginning of April. Something that most organizations take years and years to resolve. It's not gonna be perfect for everybody, but I can tell you what it is going to be. It's gonna be transparent to everybody. We also launched an incredible advertising commitment this past year in 2018. And we looked at our organization, most organizations of our size and magnitude, they focus on the jet, they focus on the owner. But what was really interesting is we saw from the feedback that people want to know about our pilots. So if you haven't seen it, go to hashtag impressive pilots and check it out because we got some of the most talented people in the industry. The listening tours continue. We've been really been given a unique opportunity to right some of the wrongs that were done. And oh, by the way, we hired 140 pilots next year. And our plan is to do about 180 this year. So we haven't stopped in any way, shape or form. We haven't even caught our breath. There's guaranteed upgrades at about three years. And our growth programs, both in international large cabin and domestic red label, have just been phenomenal. And I got to be honest with you, we have no one to thank but the pilots. We've had a real we've had a real successful transition in some of our senior leadership roles. Megan Wolf has taken on the role of COL in 2019. She'll be about a year under her belt in around the June timeframe. Megan comes from the sales and marketing standpoint. Craig, you might even recall, Megan was one of the uh, client development managers back in the RTA days. So she really understands that side of the business. Nobody is better equipped to drive the culture change within the pilots to be an active listener, to really get down to the nitty gritty of the quality of life issues that face these folks day in and day out and to make it the best place to work. And, and that's our goal. Yeah. You, you also had one other big hire too. Megan took over as a COO and then there was one other hire you, you had mentioned not too long ago. I can't remember what, who it was. Um, from the outside, is, is are you referring to that? Yeah, I can't well, we, um, sales market. Well, well, you know, we've we've had some senior leadership join us with our acquisition, and look, our goal with acquisitions has always been really somebody we look for organizations that not only complement our business but get us the ability to vertically integrate. We spend a lot of time understanding who the leaders are, both with you know, if you were to say SimCom or Private Fly. I mean, we've had some real good real good chances of people that meet our cultural expectations. And we pass on deals as well because they don't necessarily meet who we are and who we want to be as an organization. But those two companies specifically, are they're just fantastic compliments to our current portfolio. So how does Private Fly play into, obviously you've got Sentient Jet now, which is the big card mm -hmm. company you bought several years yep. ago. You've got... Uh, Skyjet, which did you you picked that up with the Flexjet acquisition, correct? And then we picked up. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Now you got and now you got Adam Twiddle's company, Private Fly, which you you acquired what six months ago? 
That's right. Yep. Just about six months. It seems like it was yesterday. You know, the great thing about Private Fly is they have such a strong brand and reputation in the UK. They fit perfectly within our business model. If you ask how do they play with Sentient, I think they complement Sentient than anybody out, better than anybody out there. Adam certainly understands who we are. I spent the last week with him. He's an enjoyable person to work with. He's got a great vision on how the organization should grow. And he certainly is excited to be part of the family. But I think if you look at our business and what we've done domestically, I think Private Fly is the perfect partner to help us launch or help us to continue our growth within the European market frame. I think I recall the person that you're talking about, by the way, and that is um, Maureen Eugene. Maureen Eugene joined us um, beginning in January. And she is also going to play a big piece in Europe. I think that's who you're talking about. Is that correct? I am. Yeah. What's the role she's going to play? Yeah. Marie's going to lead, lead some of our initiatives on the FlexJet side. So if you were to think of our business and you were to categorize it, we kind of got two mind frames, although we all work together. You've got the asset light model, which would be your sentient and your private fly. And then you've got your aircraft model, or the uh, ones where we own the asset, and that would be the FlexJet side. So Marine's going to be launching some really unique products that revolve around our current fleet and our current aircraft. And um, I think you'll see some announcements come really soon. That'll be exciting. I know I teased you last time. I don't want to get too too far ahead of my skis with some of this stuff, um, but you'll see it come out in some announcements here real soon. But she is a great compliment to our business. She's been in this industry for a long time. She understands who we are. She understands the organization. She understands the expectations that are on her shoulders that, as well. No, it's awesome. And then finally, you got Simcom. You guys went mm-hmm. to Florida and you bought Simcom. Is that going to be the, uh, you're going to do, uh, you're going to transition, you're going to keep that as a third third-party pilot training? You know, you're going to take it in-house and start to you know, take care of your own guy? Put well, a little bit of both? You're going to grow the vertical? Look, I think if you look at where SimCon fits at within our integration and our opportunities, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. There's only a couple of major players in there, and we have strong relationships with those folks. But we also have an opportunity to be committed not only to our continued consistent business, but our growth platforms as well. I think Simcom fits perfectly in there. I know you know Eric. He's a great leader of the organization. They're down in Florida. We've got some other entities as it relates to what the OneSky platform with data down in Florida. So I think you'll see some exciting things coming out of there in the next few years. You know, they're smaller airframes right now, but that doesn't mean there isn't an opportunity for bigger a bigger iron, bigger simulators. And I know Ken has a strong vision about what that could look like. And, and you'll be, you'll be really excited to see another player in that space. Yeah. Well, that's the one common, look, the one common, um, the one common thread between uh, private fly and Simcom. I know Adam, he is strong. He grew that thing. He built that thing from nothing and grew it meteor in a meteoric fashion, made it successful. And, you know, Eric Henson down in Simcom, I think he's been the CEO there for five or six years now, maybe a little bit longer. And um, right. he's been an industry staple and uh, he's done a great job with, with the company. So but, uh, it's, nice yeah. you guys, uh, it's nice to see you guys put it all together. So um, that's cool. So, I mean, what do you, so it sounds to me like, um, you know, Ken's really putting together a big, 
you know, a, uh, a big umbrella company that will really dominate, you know, 91, 135 operations. Is that in 91K? Is that the goal, you know, domestically and internationally? You know, I, look, I, to, to, to rule the world, <laughs> it is a crowded space, but there certainly is opportunity for um, growth, both organically and through acquisition still. So we're certainly not done from that vantage point. But I think if you start to look at the portfolio of organizations and how they complement each other, I think what Ken hopes to get is the best synergies out of all of them. You know, some of this isn't reinventing a mousetrap or reinventing the wheel in any way, shape, or form. It's just taking the best of what you have and seeing if it can transfer. And I think that's where he looks when he looks at organizations. Do they fit the technical side of what we need? Is it something that complements our current business? But as I mentioned earlier, the cultural side of it, you know, as an HR person by trade, that gets me excited that we just don't buy companies because it's something that can fit in our wheelhouse. We spend a lot of time really getting to know the people and who plays in the space and who leads the company. And we don't try to change it going in. We just try to model our best practices and give them some institutional knowledge that we've learned along the way. We have a way of doing business. You know, we operate all our entities under three fundamental principles. Those have stood the test of time in every business that we have, fanatical attention to detail, you know, treating employees like family, long-term relationships. But from our vantage point, from a growth standpoint, I think we're going to look at what we have and we're going to see if we can make something really, really special out of this more than it is today. Um, I don't think that we look at ourselves as competing with NetJets anymore or that we look at ourselves competing with just one MRO. We look at ourselves as a global entity. We're going to have a big footprint in this space. We're going to use some of our knowledge that we've captured over the last 20, 30 years as it relates to data and make something special for everyone out there that's in the private space. So I, I think I think the future's never been brighter for us. Our growth trajectory for 2019, it's pretty high. The expectations are pretty high. You know, we put a lot of time and a lot of money into red label and the growth there. We talked about that last time. I think you're gonna see an increase in private terminals. We got a real nice space coming along in Dallas right where uh, the Dallas Cowboys are centered at uh, Love Field. So you'll see some of that. I think you'll continue to see some consolidation in the marketplace. We'll play part of some of those, but maybe not in every single one of them. But, you know, from our vantage point, I, I think aviation has never been brighter. I sit on the board at MBAA and, you know, we sit around and you listen to the thought leaders in uh, business aviation and they all agree the same thing, which is, you know, the biggest challenge that's facing all of these businesses is just talent. Is there enough talent to go around? You deal with this every day. I certainly deal with it every day. And we're doing some really good things to address that. And I'm talking just pilots. I'm talking about strategic thinkers that have the analytical ability to put together strong people strategies. And we're focused on getting the cream of the crop when it comes to that. Well, yeah, everybody's fighting for everybody's fighting for that. And, you know, I just saw mm -hmm. I just, yeah, John Holmes up at AAR and I were just uh, we we're just trading some messages. They just took a big initiative to focus on, you know, the mechanics. You know, they, they, they mm -hmm. see a huge gap in the market and they're going to take a you know, they're going to take a uh, uh, make a major play in it and start investing in community colleges and wherever else they can. Right. 
to start, you know, enhancing their supply of mechanics. I think you guys got to be doing the same thing. I mean, this is, you know, this is something that, you know, a lot of people have got to focus on and if they're not, and quite frankly, the OEMs need to start focusing on it as well, because, you know, lack of pilots and a lack of mechanics, you know, it doesn't help your ability to sell airplanes. So, you know, no, that's the one thing that they should be focusing on and maybe they are. And if they are, they need to be telling the world, but they're not. Sure. You know, sure. Disheartening. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the people that sit back and think that this will pass are the ones that were, you know, they're going to be closing up shop in the next few years or certainly losing a significant amount of their revenue stream. Um, you know, this is something that was predicted three to five years ago. It's come to fruition. It shouldn't be a surprise as everybody to anybody, but we certainly understand that the marketplace has changed the industry as a whole. We got to get sexy again. We got to get folks excited about coming in, building airplanes, working on airplanes, flying airplanes, and we've got to adjust our market space for that as well because, you know, everything is technology driven now. You've got to get really, really sharp folks. We've done some neat things with internships and partnerships with university to help us grow those. But again, in no way, shape, or form are we done. We talk every day about recruitment. It's at the forefront of every board meeting to make sure that we have the best talent. We have the, the tightest market space that we can as it relates to people. Yeah, I got you. So, all right, last night was the State of the Union address. And we won't mm -hmm. get political, but, you know, a couple years ago, <laughs> <laughs> a couple yeah. years ago, no CEO in his right mind would say, yeah, I got a jet or I'm going to use right. one. Are you seeing the political climate changing now? Are they, are they willing to step out of the shadows and go, yeah, it's a tool I need and I'm happy to do it? You know, it's funny. It, 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 I, it was a little longer than a couple of years ago, although it just felt like a couple of years yeah. ago that it was uh, out of vogue to um, fly aircraft. No, I think we have seen a realistic adjustment to the travel patterns of both the business traveler and the leisure travel to be more cost effective and more prudent with their dollar. But from our vantage point, our hours under management have continued to grow. We've continued to take market share from um, the industry as a whole, from some of the competitors. And it, from, you know, from my standpoint or from my seat, I think it's never been a better time to be in aviation. All of that can change with you know, the world and certainly there's contingency strategies that everybody puts in place, but we're focused on growth mode right now. I think that the administration that's in here right now, or maybe the, you know, the economy as a whole, I, I think they're putting that as background noise as it relates to where we're at. You can look at the Dow and as goes the Dow, so it goes flying, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, but you know, it's, it's all, it's all good. So, so the one last piece, I asked one last question, the one last, one piece I don't see in the directional aviation, one sky team, mm -hmm is mm -hmm. manage aircraft management. You guys going to okay. you going to start managing your own uh you going you you going to get into it or are you going to start thinking about getting into it and 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 taking control of your own uh you know, source of aircraft? Well, it, look, I, I first of all, we do have an aircraft management company. Uh Corporate Wings is absolutely an American aircraft management company and they've been around, you know, they kind of they even predated the, yeah, they predated the flight options business um, back in the day. They might not be as large as some of the organization, but there is 100% a niche market that they control in there to say, um, 
to ask if we're going to get into that. I think, I think we've been in there for a while. Um, it just hasn't been our focus point. And if there's an opportunity there for some partnerships or some agreements, um, I think we'd entertain those, but we feel pretty comfortable with our space, our spot in there. We've got a really exciting young executive that runs that company and she is as bright as they come. So I think you'll see some neat things from there, but but thanks for keeping it on the radar for it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so so sure. you're, you're bullish, you're, optimi- you're optimistic, you're growing, you're pretty happy. It sounds like everybody's pretty happy. Yep. Um, it is, but look, I, I say all that with, you know, the caveat that there's risk in this whole thing. I mean, there's risk if the economy takes a turn. There's risk if we can't meet our expectations on talent. There's always risk as it relates to safety and, you know, making sure that you're running an efficient operation. There's scale issues. So I think we spend a lot of time staying up at night thinking about, you know, what can make us better, what can make us more profitable, but what can keep us at the forefront 10 years from now. We talked about this last time we joked about, you know, we've been going out of business for 20 years and we've never been better than we are right now. So as optimistic as I am, I think we're also, from the vantage point, we're realistic more than anything. Yeah. Ken just won Living Legends. He just won the Living Legends Award. And, uh, you know, we're excited about that. We're excited to celebrate how many years we've been in business, 20-some years. And uh, we're excited to put the next chapter into play. Yeah, I think it's funny. Everybody used to say, uh, watch out for that Ricky guy. Um, flight options <laughs> is going out of business. Here you are 25, yeah. 25 years later, you've bought up, uh, you've bought up the competition. He's won the living legends award, um, making money and everybody and, and growing companies and providing jobs. And it's a great, it's a great thing. It's a great success story. So, uh, and I yeah. saw Mike, yeah. Mike Silvestro also the, uh, the longest tenured CEO in the industry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is a nice, uh, that's a nice feather in his cap too. He's a high quality individual. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's top-notch. And look, Ken, is, Ken provides the vision. He surrounds himself with really good, competent people that can execute on the strategy, that have ideas to take us to the next level. And, you know, the one thing that you'll see within our organization that is incredibly rare as it compares to any of the other host of companies is our tenure amongst our executives is really, really high. We don't have a whole lot of turnover at the top ranks of our organization or even the middle ranks people just want to stay with us because they're part of something special it's a nice place to be i mean it's a, you know it I think I cre- that's got to create an executive culture where everybody's you know marching in step you know what the other guy's thinking about every every minute of every day and yeah. Um, yeah. that's got that that helps to create a, a strong culture of success sure does it sure does yeah thank you well, hey, thanks for coming on today. I look forward to sure, catching up with you in a couple more months and uh, getting another update. And I'll be reading the press releases too, because I'm sure you've got other stuff, um, some other businesses y'all are looking at. I like it. And Craig, thanks for everything that you do. I know there's a lot of people that listen to your podcast, and, you know, try to get insights on what's going on in the organization. I listen to them. And uh, I appreciate you, you keeping us all apprised of it. Well, appreciate that. So uh, everybody out there, uh, the Aerospace Executive Podcast, you can join us on iTunes or on Podbean. So thanks, Bob. Appreciate you coming on today and uh, look forward to our next conversation in a couple months. Let's have you back. Mm-hmm.